Welcome to the Awaken Podcast. We are so happy that you have decided to join us. Hopefully, you will find the next few minutes challenging and refreshing as we consider together how God is asking us to respond to His grace. If you are listening because you are unable to join us at our physical location, thank you for keeping in step with us, and we will look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday. If you are joining us from outside of Anchorage, then please drop us a line and let us know where you are listening in from. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you are exploring faith for the first time or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, the Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. Hey, good morning, Awaken Church. It is awesome to have you guys joining us online today. Uh, Hopefully you've had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, You've stuffed your your gut, and uh, you are in recovery mode at this point. Uh, Maybe you've already started thinking about those uh, New Year's resolutions uh, because of how you feel after the the Thanksgiving meal. So uh, uh, we're going to continue on with our uh, teaching about being uh, generous, about uh, finding a a generous heart, about God giving us a generous heart. And so uh, we'll be going through Second uh, Corinthians 8 and 9. Hopefully you've had a chance to uh, read those two chapters in the last week. And uh, hopefully that's helped you uh, just get your spiritual mind around Thanksgiving and what that means, what it means to live uh, a life of, of Thanksgiving. So maybe you've heard of the manna principle. Uh, if you don't know the story in the Old Testament, God is uh, watching over the people of Israel and, and he has brought them to a place where it's very uh, confusing why he's brought them there. They're out in the middle of the desert. There's this massive group of people and they bring up an obvious problem. There's no food for us. And God is, um, you know, he's going to show them how incredible he is. And so he decides that he's going to uh, provide manna for them, which, you know, we don't really have a good idea what this is. It's like, you know, uh, some, some flaky, honey-tasting uh, material, uh, uh, food that they go and pick up off the ground each morning. And so it's this really astonishing, amazing miracle that God performs. Every day they go out and they pick up manna and they have enough for the day. And so it's uh, just, you know, kind of this amazing thing, food just falling, literally falling uh, from the sky. And so uh, the idea of the manna principle has two parts. One part is that, uh, you know, we are called, we are invited to trust God on a daily basis for our provision. And that is the kind of relationship that God wants to be in with us, that we would trust him on a daily basis to provide for us uh, uh, our essential needs, that, that uh, he would just be taking care of us and watching uh, over us. The, the second part of the manna principle is that no matter how much you collect, there's going to be enough that it's going to satisfy you fully. So uh, one, of the, uh, one of the promises with uh, the manna, one of the things that happened with the manna is that uh, if you collected a little or if you collected a lot, whatever it was that you collected, there was, there was enough. There was enough within the community. Everybody had enough. And so the idea is that when God calls you into 
an action and when we trust him to provide for us that we will be fully satisfied. It might not um, look like it from somebody else's perspective. Uh, we, we might not be uh, you know, meeting some criteria that the, the world has, uh, that our culture has, but the reality will be that we are, we are fully, fully satisfied uh, with the provision that God has given to us. So uh, we're going to uh, read a passage of scripture that has this manna principle in it here in just a little bit. And um, the invitation for us is to trust God fully. And that's where a heart of generosity um, comes from. That's a, a foundational piece of a heart, a life of generosity is if we um, dive into the manna principle. So I'm going to read you this passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians 8. Verses 11 through 15. And here's something that I want you to be uh, thinking about a little bit. And if you'd uh, like to uh, comment uh, on our Facebook or on our website, wherever you are uh, watching this together, uh, maybe you can uh, even pause it and have a little discussion amongst yourselves. But the question is whether or not the Bible teaches capitalism or socialism. So uh, parents, you might have to explain uh, what those two things are uh, to your children. Uh, but... Uh, I would love some interaction around this uh, on, our, on our post. So uh, is the Bible teaching capitalism or socialism? So uh, there are lots of passages that I could read, but I'm just, just out of uh, this, these verses that I'm reading, what, what is your opinion uh, about what the Bible is teaching? So 2 Corinthians 8, starting in verse 11. Uh, Paul says, now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you who have plenty and can help those who are in need, Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. So uh, that can be a fun discussion for you to have uh, or to, uh, if you're by yourself, just to think about uh, what is being taught here, capitalism or socialism. I'm gonna uh, teach you a new word. And so, uh, you know, you, you, I don't think you'll find this in the dictionary, but this is what I think. I think that the scriptures are teaching Generosity-ism. So uh, you can think about that a little bit, but generosity-ism. All right. So in the Old Testament, there's no personal audit about giving, right? There's this uh, tithing principle in the Old Testament. There's the idea that you... Uh, you know, whenever you're successful in, in uh, bringing in crops or raising cattle or whatever you're successful at, uh, you take 10% of that and you, uh, you bring that to God as an offering. Uh, you bring it to the, to the uh, temple uh, and you bring it to God as an offering. And your offering is declaring, hey, I am not really the one who's ultimately responsible for my success. God is the one who is ultimately responsible for my success. And so I'm going to honor him by being, by giving, by being generous. But the interesting thing is, is that there's, there's no like personal audit. There's not a, a group of people going around to make sure that people are tithing. Now there are all kinds of uh, 
rules in the Old Testament, uh, you know, all kinds of laws given that, that uh, you know, God prescribes. And then there's, there's very real accountability. People in the community are, are watching to see if these things are happening. And if they do happen, then there are significant consequences. But in the case of tithing, there's, there's no auditing committee that's going around. There, you know, the Levites who are in charge of receiving the tithe, they are not in charge of going to people's houses and making sure that they are tithing. There's no, there's no audit. This is the honor system. And so uh, it, it's just interesting of, of all the laws, of all the things that God calls people to do, there's no accountability, it seems like, except for the fact that there, there really is because uh, God does this uh, national heart audit from time to time through the prophets. You see this uh, starting in Isaiah all the way through Malachi, all of the prophets. The thing, one of the things that they bring up is that the people of Israel are not bringing in their tie. They have lost their heart of generosity. They are holding on to, even manipulating uh, in order to have more, but they're holding on to the things that God has given them, that the things God is responsible for, and they have, they have lost their heart of generosity. And Malachi is probably the best example where, he, where, where God is saying to the people of Israel, hey, you're, you're wondering why so many of your efforts are failing. And the clear reason for that is because you are not making me a priority. Your heart is not in the right place. So I think it's interesting that in our world, anytime your finances are being audited, it's either by the government or by a cult. And so maybe that tells you something about um, this idea that God has, that he wants us to give freely versus uh, the idea that the, the world has. So Second um, Corinthians 8 and verse 8 is, kind of a strange verse in this whole picture, this whole scheme of having a generous heart, of developing a generous heart. So in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 8, he says, I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. This is a very, very strange verse. If you remember the, the general setting of this, uh, these writings, these instructions, uh, you remember that uh, Paul is trying to encourage the church in Corinth to, uh, to give a generous gift to the church in Jerusalem to help with the, the people there who are struggling from uh, famine. And so he's encouraging them to give. Uh, but this is a very interesting thing here. So uh, he brings up a couple of ideas. He brings up, first of all, the idea that it is possible to test our hearts. Um, we know that God can test our hearts. We know that he can see exactly where our faith is and knows exactly what is going on internally. But Paul is suggesting that there is a way that we can test our own hearts, a way that we can know whether or not our heart is in the right place. And then he's, he does this other thing. He's actually going to compare their generosity to other churches. Now, what is going on there? Is Paul trying to set up some kind of competition between the churches? Who can give more? Is this like an, an early fundraising scheme that the Apostle Paul is doing? No, it's none of those things. 
It's just a, a simple reality check. It's a simple way for the church in Corinth to understand whether or not their heart is in the right place. Um, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. It's a very simple way for us as individuals, for churches, for uh, any organization. It's, it's just a very simple way to know where our motives really are, right? If you're a detective uh, trying to solve a crime, you know, one of the things you do is you, you follow the money, right? Because we all know that where our treasure is, there our heart is also. So it's a way that our motives, our real motives are revealed. So I'm gonna go back to that passage that I read earlier. And instead of thinking about socialism versus uh, capitalism, I'm gonna just ask you to do a heart audit as we uh, do these things, right? There's, you know, I'm not going to come to your house and, and go through your finances and see if you measure up to certain standards we have at the church or something like that for giving. This is something that you do on your own. This is something that you figure out in your own heart, whether or not your heart is in the right place. So verse 10, Paul says, here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give and you were the first to begin doing it. And so uh, the church at Corinth is really a leading church and they were the first ones to step in. They heard about the situation in Jerusalem. They heard about people starving and they said, no more. We have resources. We're gonna put our resources together. We're gonna step into the situation and we are going to give. And so they did. They, they stepped uh, right into that project. But the point that the Apostle Paul is making here is, hey, you guys started down the right path. And now what I want you to do is I want you to finish that course. I want you to, to follow through on the emotion that you begin with, right? So uh, if you're looking to create a meme, uh, let, me, uh, let me give you an idea. So um, empathy without action is apathy. Empathy without action is apathy. So you can go and make your meme now. Uh, I don't know, by the way, who has time to sit around and make up all those memes. Uh, but, uh, you know, think about this. Empathy, empathy without action is apathy. How many times do we see a problem and have an emotional response to it? Oh, man, that's horrible. And then we walk away from that and we do absolutely nothing about that. And I understand that we can't solve every problem in the world. I understand that we would be totally exhausted and, and uh, just you know, unable to function if we tried to meet every possible problem in the world. But what happens because we can't solve all the problems because we don't feel like we have enough resources to maybe make a significant impact on the problem. We don't use any of our resources to solve any part of the problem. We don't use any of our abundance to help in any way, not even small ways, and we become apathetic. And so Paul is just telling him, hey, you started on the right path. You saw the need and you stepped in. And now I need you to continue walking in that path. I need you to continue 
with action, not just to stop with empathy. Verse 11, he says, now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. So the first question of the audit is, am I following through on my emotions? Am I following through on the empathy that I'm feeling? Am I following through when I feel that compassion? Am I actually following through and doing something? If you are, then you know your heart is in the right place. And the second question is, am I giving all that I can? Am I giving all that I can, right? It's uh, fairly easy if you have an absolute abundance of resources to give a little. It's pretty easy because, you know, you've kind of is exhausted yourself on, on uh, you know, the, the things you need for yourself and you've gone beyond what you need for yourself and, and you have quite a few things uh, that you don't need but you just want and you, and you, you get to the point where, you know, you have so many things that you just want, you, you know, you're, you're not even able to use all of the things, the extra things that you have. And so, you know, you're in this place of abundance and it's fairly easy in that situation to just give a little. So the question for us is, are we giving all that we can? Are we giving all that we can? So uh, I have a safe in my house for our documents. I have some firearms and, and uh, every once in a while I get my hands on some cash. And so I put those things uh, in the safe. And, uh, you know, every once in a while when I, I want to go look at my, my stuff, I'll go in and I'll, you know, I'll do the little combination and I'll open the safe and I'll look inside and, and just look at my stuff, right? I've got uh, some, some uh, things in there that I, I really enjoy um, just uh, looking at. Um, I'm, I'm a gun fanatic, so uh, I, I just like pulling my firearms out and just looking at them, uh, cleaning them and, and uh, so on. So I kind of have this little treasure box, right? And, and everybody has those in their lives, whatever it might be, whatever uh, your interests are, right? You have this, this treasure box. It might not be a physical one like I have, a, a, an actual safe, but everybody has a treasure box. Something about my safe that at first I did not like but have grown to appreciate is the fact that at some point somebody put some like a glass of water uh, on my safe and it spilled and uh, it created these streaks of rust uh, going down uh, the the front of my safe and uh, you know I like things to be clean and I like things to look good and so it it just kind of annoyed me right away but uh, the reason that I've grown to appreciate that is because of something that uh, Jesus says, where he talks about um, if we want our heart to be in the right place, uh, we should sell our possessions and give those, you know, give the proceeds to the poor. Um, and the reason we would do that is because we would be putting our treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. And so every time I go to my safe, I'm reminded that these things are so temporary, that they are going to be destroyed one day, that I am 
not even going to possess them myself for very long. So it's just this visual reminder constantly as I go to my little, um, you know, treasure box that these things are just going to be so temporary. And so I am challenged, am I giving all that I can? Or am I grasping too tightly under the things of this world? Or are there people in need? Are there organizations in need that I should be giving to? Am I giving all that I can? Am I giving in proportion to what I have? Verse 12 says, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. So the third question is, am I giving eagerly? Uh, One interesting thing about marriage and generosity is that you have two people who are passionate about different things, two people who are compassionate about different types of things. And so uh, one of the things, one of the issues that Heidi and I uh, have every once in a while is she might want to give to this thing and I might want to give uh, to this other thing. And, uh, you know, so there's compromise. And at some point, you know, we, we may need to give to something that, that Heidi wants to uh, give to. And I have to go through a process of getting myself to a place where I'm eager to give, where I'm cheerful about the way that I'm giving, where uh, I have, um, you know, I've gotten over myself. It's, it's uh, kind of interesting that even within generosity, you can be selfish. Uh, we're, you know, it, it's amazing how self-centered it is possible to be even, even in this practice, this discipline, this, uh, this incredible experience of generosity, it is possible to insert yourself back into it. And so it's just important to check your heart and make sure that you are giving eagerly, giving with a, um, with a joy, with a cheerfulness as you give. Chapter nine and verses six through 11 Paul writes this, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much you will give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So the last question that you should ask yourself when auditing your heart around this idea of generosity is, am I willing to trust in God's promise of generosity? Am I really willing to trust in God's promise of generosity? Right, that's how our faith works with God. He asks us to take a step, a step into the unknown, a step into the difficult, a step into the, the dangerous. He asks us to take that step. And when we take that step, 
That is where he meets us. That is where we find him. That is where we experience him. That is where we see his power at work. That is where we know how incredible he is. And so that's how it works. And the same is true with our giving, with generosity. Um, God is inviting us to trust him with our resources. So another way to ask that question is, who are you trusting to provide for yourself? You know, who am I trusting to make sure that my needs are taken care of? Am I really trusting God? Or am I trusting myself? Am I trusting my own abilities? Am I trusting my own decision-making? Or do I recognize that God is the one who is providing the seed for the farmer? God is the one who is putting me in a place where I can be successful, where I can have an abundance of things to be able to share with the people around me? Am I really trusting in God's provision? So maybe you've been for the last couple of Sundays, maybe you've been thinking, oh man, this just feels like a big fundraiser. Uh, I know at the end of this, there's gonna be a giving appeal. I know at the end of this, we're gonna be challenged to tithe, not 10%, not 15%, but 20%. And I, I just know this is coming or there's, there's some you know, building program or there's some big thing going on at the church that Levi's trying to get us uh, you know, amped up for. And uh, he's gonna want us to, to you know, give big. Well, let me just tell you right now, that is not what this is about. There is no way in which I'm trying to manipulate you to uh, give more money to the church so that you know, I can drive a better truck or, uh, or uh, have a better house or uh, you know, whatever it might be. There's no manipulation. So I'm gonna just give you a free pass. I'm gonna tell you that you have permission to just give anywhere. And the reason, I mean, you know, I don't care if it's, if it's the, you know, support the Hairless Cat Foundation. I don't really care. Uh, but the, the thing that God is wanting us to do is to have generous, generous hearts. Now, obviously, I think there are some far more worthwhile organizations than uh, support the hairless cats. I don't even know if that is an organization. And uh, I would love to uh, talk with you about some great organizations, the Community Pregnancy Center, Young Life, uh, United Missions of Hope. These are uh, organizations that we partner with. Obviously, uh, you know, I think that the, the church is critical to advancing the good news of Jesus Christ. And so uh, certainly I would encourage you to give to the church, but that is not what this is about. This is about whether or not your heart is in the right place when it comes to your finances, whether or not when God causes you to have empathy for a situation, whether or not you are willing to follow through on that and to give eagerly and give according to what you can and to trust him fully with provision to dive into the manna principle and to say, God, I'm gonna trust you on a daily basis to provide for me exactly the amount that I need to be fully satisfied. Please join me in prayer. Uh, Father, we pray that you would increase our faith. Uh, we know that this happens through us stepping into obedience. And so we pray for the courage 
to step into this invitation of abundance that you promise if we give generously to others. Lord, help us to sow generously so that we can reap generously and have even more to give to people who are in need, to organizations who are in need. Father, we pray uh, that you would help us in all these things and that above all, we would have a heart that is as generous as yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, We will look forward to hopefully seeing you in person soon. Uh, We'll be putting out information on uh, our website and Facebook and uh, letting you know exactly uh, when and how that's going to happen. So uh, thank you, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks. And this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the events tab at our website, awakenalaska.com, and looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends, and we will see you next week.